When you own all parts of you, life becomes much easier. I love that quote. And this is from my guest today, Heather Ann Havenwood. She is another shiny bright star talking about her journey with ADHD and what she's been able to accomplish over her lifetime. This one is a bit of a twist because usually I bring on guests that are late in life diagnosed. In this case, this is Heather Ann's story from when she got her diagnosis early in life and then when she decided to really lean into this ADHD beautiful brain of hers and what she did with it. So buckle up, here we go. Heather Ann Havenwood, award-winning media mogul, author of the top-selling book, Sexy Boss, How Female Empowerment is Changing the Rulebook in Business. She was recognized by the Stevie Awards as the most innovative woman of the year in social media for 2020. Named media mogul in 2020 by the Women of Achievement Association for her work with women. She wholeheartedly believes that every person is an influencer and a leader, and it's time for their voice to be uncaged, to be heard, to shine, and to earn six figures and beyond. She is the visionary and the founder of the Influencer Growth Academy, along with the Influencer Tribe, a global entrepreneurial community. So my friends, let's get into it. Welcome to Proudly ADHD at work and in business. I'm your host, Coach Kathy Rashidian, and I help professionals like you understand the science behind your unique brain so you can unlock that inner genius. Ready to transform your ADHD into your best asset? Keep listening. Welcome to another episode with Coach Kathy. I have another shiny, bright star, and she literally is because she's wearing hot pink and she's got the golden hair and and, we're, and the glasses. And yes, she's giving me all these visual cues. So we are here to talk with Heather Ann Havenwood. I came across her amazingness on Clubhouse. When I met Heather Ann, I was, you know, I'm one of those keeners. Like if there's a room where there's people are, are giving value, I'm like, oh, can I ask a question? I'm one of those people. So I went up, put up my hand, asked the question, Heather Ann answered it. And I was like, wow, what an energy. And then she said, I want to be on your podcast. And I was like, yes, be on my podcast. (laughs) So welcome, Heather Ann. How are you? Thanks. I'm so excited. Thanks for having me. It's funny. I actually run three rooms a week on Clubhouse on podcasting. Like I'm doing one right after this. And you'd think I would be getting asked a ton to get on other people's shows specifically from those rooms. I'm never asked. It's so funny. And so actually last night I was in a room running it and there was a guy who asked and I was like, thank you for asking. No one asked me. And I think it's because they just, I don't know, like, I don't feel like I'm, you know, a star or anything, but I just feel like they, they're like, Oh, Oh, you will never say people have a hard time asking. Like I, you know, they don't want their spirit of rejection. So anyway, just thank you for doing that. So yeah, really- absolutely. Well, and and because I had said my podcast is on ADHD, I had no idea about Heather Ann and her beautiful brain. Yeah. And then when she said, yeah, it's ADHD. And I'm like, yes, come talk about it. So yeah. as, as we go through her journey, like I was so amazed when I was looking at her website, all the things she does. I was just like, I need to know her secret sauce. 
I want to know all the like, how do you do this? So let's back up a little bit, Heather yeah. Ann. When did you find out about this beautiful brain of yours? Yeah, you know, so my story is an interesting story. No one ever asked me about it, so I'm just going to share. So I was, I'm going to give you timelines. I was born in 75, so you f- feel free to figure out my age. I'm right like, there with you. Yeah, so I was born in 75, but my mom, I had something that happened when I was 13 months old and I went completely quiet. I went like compliant. There was a way, that was the way as, as the little girl to deal with the trauma. And so I went completely quiet. And then my mom around, I was six or seven, figured out like something, quote unquote, something must be wrong with Heather. They thought it was a quiet, like a quiet baby. Well, it was going on as I just went internal. And then when I was like seven, my mom took me to all these doctors and stuff. And I remember, this is like 1981. I want y'all to get like what was going down. It's 81. I remember being in this like really cold hospital, not in a bed, but like in this room. And like, they had all these things on my head. Like they had put all these things around my head. And I don't know what was going on. And then I remember being put into like the little room with my mom and this little doctor. And I'm sitting there and I remember the doctor like saying, she has ADD, you know, (laughs) I'm like, what's going on? I'm like seven, you know? And my mom's like, Oh my God. Oh my God. (laughs) You know? And I'd like, something was wrong. That's all I knew. I was like seven years old. And then, so she put me in private school, Christian private school. And I remember having all these little chit chats. She was having all these little chit chats with my, my teachers. And, you know, all I kind of was getting as a seven-year-old, like something's wrong with you. And they're like, oh, we might put her in special ed or, you know, and what's, it's so crazy now looking at me like what, but back then they didn't know what to do with it. And it was this terminology that was really bad. And my mom was adamant that she, I stay in regular school or whatever in the small school, but I will tell you my experience of it, a couple of things. One, I remember being in like first and second grade. And the teachers at the front, right. And it's talking, it's talking. Cause that's how it looked like. It was like it. And it sounded like, you know, Charlie Brown. And then I heard the kids right here tapping. I heard the bell. It was like a ball mm. bouncing outside. I hear everything except the teacher. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, ah, and I'm way in the back. They put me way in the back. And that was when I first remember, like, there's something off or I can't hear. I don't know what's going on. A lot of confusion. And then, you know, I created this persona of myself is that I'm shy. So I was all really shy. That was my way of dealing with it because I don't know what was happening. And then my mom kept giving me Ritalin. And back then, Ritalin was three times a day. And so what happens with Ritalin back then, it had you go up and crash and up and crash and up and crash. And I hated it. So I would take it and like, you know, do this thing, like not take it. And you no, know, and my mom would say, did you take your pills? And so there was this, all this negativity. And then my sister was like, something's wrong with her because she's taking pills. You know, so there was this lot of like, you're wrong and bad and weird and all this stuff. And yet I was just this girl that actually I heard everything. So fast forward in college and my first year out of college in first year in college, it was in Baylor and I didn't deal with college very well. Looking back, I understood why, but at the time I just drank. <laughs> so I drank my way. Through, I don't remember if my yeah, first semester, yeah. I just drank my way, which is a symptom sometimes of people with ADD. They don't know how to deal with, with what's going on. So they go to substances. Mine was Absolutely. alcohol. Yeah. So this is not like odd, but I definitely drank my way through my first semester of college and I failed out of Baylor. And I remember about a year 
later, I ended up going to a community college and got straight A's because I started to understand something. I actually got into a course where they said you could do a research paper or whatever on whatever you want. And so I decided to do this huge research paper on ADD. Now, this is, by the way, now the 90s, mm-hmm. 95. You know, and the word of ADD had been out for a while. And, you know, the whole Oprah thing had already happened where it's like ADD is normal and all this crazy stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm now like, well, let, let me just do this research paper on ADD because, you know, why not? It just sounds cool. So I started doing all this research and I realized, honestly, people with ADD, we hear things and see things other people don't see. We're fucking yeah. geniuses. Yeah. Okay. I'm a genius. Like yeah. you're a genius because <laughs> we see everything, yes. right? We see everything that people don't see. We hear everything we don't see. So I learned this kind of like, whoa, I'm like brilliant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there was a shift. Like, I think it's cool. Like, it's cool. I have ADD, like none of this shaming crap, whatever. But I then went to TCU after that grad, I transferred out, but I started to, this is just, you know, this is what people in ADD do. We figure out the game of something. And then we try to like, you know, not manipulate, but we try to like figure out different pathways to yes. like, to our advantage. So I started to go, okay, if I put I'm ADD on my little forms, that means I get things like I get to be in the front row. I get to have a note taker, <laughs> like, right. I'm like, this shit rocks. So yeah. I was like, oh, I'm ADD. I got to be at the front, you know, but it really did help me because the, you know, the professor would be like right in front of me and it did help. I started taking different kind of medication, which was super awesome. Kind of like an Adderall. You know, I started to learn how my brain worked and then I had learned how to, what I call use the system, mm-hmm. right. To forward my advantage, which is what people with ADD do. We figure out a way where everyone else is going right. And they go, there's only one way. We're like, no, there's like five ways. Yes. Right. So I started to understand my brain and started to figure out a way to use with the system system to my advantage and became really successful at school. I did, you know, very well because I figured out how I worked. Mm-hmm. For instance, for instance, I was pre-med forever and I woke up one day kind of like, what am I doing? This is, <laughs> this is stupid. And so I stopped doing pre-med and I went into like business. I, I, I went into this mode, of like just get out of college as fast as possible because there's no point to it. And I realized that what I'm not good at is memorization. Mm-hmm. I figure stuff out, which is what entrepreneurs do. But when you're in college, you're, our society rewards regurgitation. Mm-hmm. They don't reward creation. Thank you. Right? Yeah. Can we just say that? Like yes. they yeah. reward regurgitation, not creation. So quoting entrepreneurs are, I'm a creator. Like yeah. I create value in the marketplace, but you know, back to when I'm college. So I realized this is crazy. People don't think this. I ended up getting my undergrad or my undergrad master's, the, yeah, the, what do you call it? Your master's and undergrad. Oh, minor. Your mind. I got a minor in math, which is weird. I know here's why, because when you go in upper levels of math, like beyond calculus, mm-hmm. all it is, is you walk into a test with one problem and you just figure it. There was nothing to memorize. I was like, what? I don't have to memorize anything other than like, I can walk, I could literally look at the formulas, walk in and sit down and just write them again. I don't have to memorize mm-hmm. anything. And now I just figure it out. So I have this minor in math, which people always go, really? Wow. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. And then physics was easy for me too, but things like biology hated because biology Memory. was just regurgitation. Yeah. Right. Not creation or understanding things. Right. Yeah. So I, I say all that to you because I realize my strengths and realize what I'm good at that other people are not, but I had to figure that out. No one told me, no one like said, you're amazing. You're a badass. My entrepreneurship is really ADD. I'm a creator and ADD. We think forward. We are constantly on the head. I'm an early, early adopter. I don't consider myself an early, I'm an early, early adopter. I'm just, yeah. I've always have been, but our society does not reward that. Mm -hmm. Right. I've been in Bitcoin for six years. I haven't told anybody that until like lately. I'm like, oh, I've been in for six. Why didn't you tell me? Because you think I was crazy. Yes, exactly. Right. I'm a Bitcoin maximalist. Why would I not tell you my, to my sister? Why didn't you tell me? I'm like, cause I didn't know it was going to go up to 60,000. And like, I'm an early adopter to everything. Mm -hmm. So if I risked my own money and I lost it, like that's on me. I'm not going to tell you what to do. You know? So my point of that is that if you are ADD or you think you're ADD or you're thinking, oh my God, I'm late in life. You're a genius. I believe people ADD is a really bad name. Um, I don't like the name. I'm glad I'm quote unquote ADD. I think it's actually we're the brilliant ones. We're the innovators. We're the creators. We're the leaders. We're the ones on the cutting edge of everything. So my point to that is I have now leaned into it. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah. And owned yeah. it. Yeah. 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 I love the whole thing. I'm just like goosebumps all over the place. Okay. And I, I love one thing I'm hearing in this, Heather Ann, it's, it's you knew early enough as a child. And you went through that journey and honored it and said, I'm going to make it go of this my way. And I have a question for you on this point, because I, I work with clients and even myself late in life diagnosed. I wasn't the one, I, maybe I was on it for two days where I was like, I wonder what it would have been like if I'd known earlier. Cause it's not like you wake up in, in your forties and it pops up. It's always been there. Right. Some of us have managed it without knowing. And then finally somebody gives you a, here, here's the certificate of ADHD, ADD. And then you're like, oh, right. So this theme around, I wish I had known sooner. Th there's two parts to that, right? There's the part where somebody like you will say, I'm going to make the most of this. And then some that are like, I'm just going to bury it over there and not do anything about it and just hide yeah. and, and ignore it because you no. leaned into it. Yeah. I mean, are you asking me what I would say to that? Yeah. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Ooh. It's the, the if I known earlier, what would I do? So, so this person is now at a crossroads. What do you want to tell that person that, well, I wish I was like Heather Ann. I would have done all these amazing things. I, that's like anything. I think it's when you own all parts of you, mm -hmm. whatever that is, all of it, life becomes so much easier, mm -hmm. you know? is when you resist that negativity persists. So what you resist persists. Mm -hmm. It's like having, you know, a pimple and ignoring it. You know, it's just, it's just going to keep going. Right. <laughs> right. So like love on it. Like, I love it. I love who I am now. I love that. And so if you're just now, I mean, I would say own all of yourself. That's what people are doing with now with, with identity crisis and things like that. Right. So own all of you. If you feel like a man or a woman or all of it, that's cool. Like own it all. 
Mm-hmm. You know, people are like, oh, you're too masculine. I'm like, screw you. I'm a woman and I have masculinity. You're a guy, you got femininity. Like, what are you doing? You know, when you own all of yourself, mm-hmm. then life is easier and there's no triggers for anything. So someone can say, oh, you're ADD. I'm like, yeah, and exactly. congratulations on noticing. Thank you for the compliment. Yeah. So I think that's with anything, anything that we resist and try to ignore. Mm-hmm it's just going to fester and make it worse versus like owning all of ourselves and owning all of who we are and our masculinity, our femininity, our ADD or not ADD, you know, the trauma, the not trauma. Mm -hmm. When you make something wrong about yourself, you're just hurting you. You're not hurting anybody else. You're just hurting yourself. It's like, how do I own this part of me and lean into it? Mm -hmm. How do I lean into it? And then how do I use tools around me to move through it? I think everyone has something, you know, everyone's got some trauma or some upset. And if you're normal, like, I think you're weird. Like who's normal. I I mean, it's like, you need to live. Like if someone goes, you're normal. I'm like, what is wrong with you? You're normal. What? Come on, get some drama in your life. I mean, so I think part of living is understanding we're different. Unfortunately, in our ridiculous society, we get labeled. That is where things get wrong. Yes. It's the labeling, right? That really screws shit up. Mm -hmm. And when we lean into, we're just, this is me and this is how my brain works. How can I be in the right career situation, um, relationship that serves how my brain thinks, right or wrong? It's just how it's processing. Mm -hmm. Then how can I be in the right situation to serve it? Yeah. Right. I think that's a better question. Yeah. So on that note, how did you, how did that affect the way you show up as an entrepreneur? Because there's this conversation mm-hmm. all the time I hear about, oh my God, I have all these shiny new ideas. Which one do I do? And oh. you've done a lot. How can you give us like a bit of that journey of how you lean into it in an entrepreneurial way? Well, first of all, I have a coach. <laughs> I have multiple coaches. I've had there coaches since I was 23. My very first life coach was when I was 23. I've always had coaches in my life. I've always had someone to support me Mm. in like realignment. Now, let me say my number one value is freedom. Yes. So the moment that you cage me, I have a book called, you know, Uncage Your Influence Coming. My podcast is called The Uncaged Influencer and Uncaged Entrepreneur. I'm all about freedom. So the moment you cage me when someone goes, you need time management or you need to, I'm like, it's not going to happen. I am a creator but I give myself the space to live from my calendar. I'm very structured. There's a difference between cage and structure. Thank so you. I'm structured by my calendar. That's something I had to learn a skill set. I live by my calendar. Like I let the calendar tell me what's next. Me too. And then I have constructs inside of that to be creation. Does that make sense? Yeah. So there are things I constantly do. Like I work out. Why? Because I, first of all, I'm a type A personality. That's part of it. I know at any second, if I wanted to go down, down like drugs, I'm, you know, like cocaine, I probably could have easily done that and gone off the bandwagon because of how my brain works. I was cognitive, cognitive enough to know that I have what they call it addictive behavior. I was mm-hmm. cognizant enough to know that. So it's like, well, if I'm going to be addicted to something, I might as well be addicted to working out. Nice. So I've chosen working out and I've chosen coffee to be totally clear. And I'm like, people are like, oh, you shouldn't drink coffee. I'm like, look, now is not the time for you to try to change my brain. Okay. Mm-hmm. So 
I'm addicted to working out, gotta have my yoga, gotta have my working out and gotta have my coffee, period. I don't drink, I don't do drugs. I don't do, you know, any of that. And when I say drugs, let me be clear. Cocaine, okay, meth, any of that. I never touched any of that. It's not my thing because I'm also a health nut. So to me, that's like, why would I do that? Mm-hmm. Uh, pot, I don't do because it, it has a negative depression. I don't like the experience. Uh, if you look at what, what Ritalin is, if you look at all those types of things, what it does is people go, why would you give speed to someone who's already ADD? Because believe it or not, if you give speed, which is what Ritalin is and different things like that, when you give someone with the brain pattern where we are, when you give it speed, it kind of does this. It balances that. That's why caffeine, most people with ADD are caffeine freeze, right? Mm-hmm. And that's because it balances the brain chemistry, right? So I just do things to make sure that my specific chemistry is in alignment. Now I had, I did have, my mother was an alcohol and abuse counselor for prisons, which is mm-hmm. kind of strange. And so she scared the hell out of me and my sister. So she said that something like, look, you both are screwed. Your grandfather on this side is a raging alcoholic. Your grandfather on this side was another raging alcoholic. So either way, you're just screwed on your genetics. So look, here's the deal. One person could do drinking, they'd be fine. One person could do cocaine, they'll be fine. But most likely you two, y'all have it, you'll be screwed. So it's like, I just had this fear of like, don't touch it, you know? So, (laughs) and it's true, you know, it's true. So, and the other thing I don't do, I'm a health nut. I'm a huge health nut because of my ADD. So I'm not very big into pharmaceutical drugs either. I'm like an anti, less completely needed. I don't take any big pharma drugs. I'm very much into my health. I'm very much into chiropractic and mm-hmm. acupuncture, energy healing, healers. Like I'm very much into that because most ADD people are also empathic. Yes. So I'm an empath. Mm-hmm. And so I'm an empath and I feel everyone's stuff around me. Mm-hmm. So I have to clear all that out. So if you don't know what an empath is and you're listening, I highly recommend Christine Northrup, Christine Northrup, MD. She's got a few books out and she's the one that opened my eyes to what that means because I was the kid who felt everything. Like I felt the kid next to me cry. I felt even they weren't crying. I felt everyone's emotions. And then as a kid, I would say like, you're sad. And they'd be like, no, I'm not. And I'm like, God, I think you are, you know, and I would, cause I would feel it. Mm-hmm. So being an empath has power to it. Mm-hmm. If you understand it, right. And you can acknowledge it, but you can also, and I use the word, use it, meaning leverage it in your life. Like I can feel when someone's upset. I can feel when they're angry. I can feel yeah. when they're sad. They might not say anything. They might say, no, no. Like, oh, okay. Well, I can feel you are, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, it's a power to that, that if you understand it, it's, it's pretty incredible. And I think part of that is the success of your business is because you feel people's energy. And that's what I love about you on Clubhouse. When I listen to you, you serve from your heart. Like you're like, here's all the information. And, and it's, you understand where it's, it's not this like sleazy selling, right. That I hear Mm -hmm. from time to time on there. I'm like, Oh, why did you just do that to that person? You're just like, here it is all of it. And, and just really being of service on that note though, there is just for the listeners, there's a point of understanding this empath that we are and creating healthy boundaries. Oh yeah. That we, we don't burn out this energy. Yeah. Okay. So here's some quotes. Never stay where your presence is not valued. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I was in Florida last week and I had a situation where I really got that my presence was not valued. And I got an Uber and left and I was staying with this person for four days. It wasn't a very fun situation, but I had to realize that I can't change them. Yeah. And my energy and my boundaries of my energy and my frequency of energy is more important mm-hmm. than making them feel better or putting myself in a box for them, right? That's challenging to yeah. do for anyone. And that's, I'm saying this very easily after like 20 years, because my core, I was taught to be a people pleaser because mm-hmm. the people pleaser will then be a good little girl. You know, I'm a Baptist girl gone bad, right? I was born and raised in Texas and Houston to be a sweet and nice and cute and honey and sweetheart and be your only, there's only three things your my mama wanted for me. You know what I'm saying? One, to marry a rich doctor, two, have lots of babies and three, I always look good when I leave the house, but one out of three ain't bad. You know what I'm saying? I, I love that one. I've heard you say that before. I love it. But it's true. And so I was yes. taught to be sweet and loving and like procreate and be cute, you know? And so when you're not that, you know, and you're going up against that, people want to attack that. So I've had to learn, learn. It's a skill set you've had to learn. Like, oh, this person, this group, this situation, they don't appreciate my presence. So I can either get mad at them mm-hmm. and prove to them I'm worthy or remove oneself. And sometimes you have to remove yourself. Not always. Sometimes you are in the fight, but more importantly, it's like, where's your energy going kind to of come from? So that's what I always look at. Everything's frequency to me. Yeah, Everything I love it. And I, I talk about this in the terms of Joan of Arc. And I'm always like telling my clients, oh. tame your Joan of Arc right here, because we can't pound our chest for everything and be like, and also I think part of that is empathy and then problem solving. As you were talking about in the beginning, it's like, we see the solution before they do from bazillion different angles and we want to help them. And it's like, it sounds like you tame your Joan of Arc and it's like, yeah, go over there now. (laughs) Yeah. I, I always ask myself, is it really worth the fight? Yes. You know, I can fight, but sometimes it's like not worth the fight. Like with the situation I was in last week, it's very sad. I've known this person for 15 years and I finally Mm. just kind of was like, I, you know, this is, this is not fun. And so I was like, I love you and I'm leaving and I, I love you, but it's not your, my presence is not valuable here. And it doesn't serve me or you to have any kind of upset, right? It just doesn't serve anyone or anything or anyone ever. I love it. And Heather, what I'm hearing out of this is, is the, it's, there's this theme that I work with around becoming aware of it. So your awareness came in your twenties and you, you, you that and you're like, here's my research. Here's how I'm going to lean into it. And then your acceptance, which it came around, here's how I'm going to accept this. And these are the things I'm going to lean into And then going into conscious choices, like you are making conscious choices. And if medication is not your jam, that's totally fine. Because you've created all these systems, all these ecosystems around, here's how I'm going to manage my beautiful genius brain that you have. Yeah. 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 It's a conscious choice. I'm not telling anyone what to do or not to do in pharma land, but I would say I, I just made those choices for me. So I had to create structures around it. Yeah. Working out certain kinds of foods or not kinds of food, lots of caffeine. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, those are the choices I make until further notice. But I also do a lot of chiropractic and acupuncture, frequency things, meditation, affirmations. If you look at my house, I have affirmations everywhere. So 
but I also realize that not everyone has the freedom like I do to just to create the environment that works for me. Like if you're in my house, um, in, in my work zone, it's completely quiet unless there's clubhouse on, mm. <laughs> which even then I'm like trying to plug something in to not hear it. So my house is silence. Wow. It's silence. So some people like have this, the TV that I, no, no, I'm no. one of those, I have to have a background noise of some, yeah, I, I'm the opposite frequency. That's fascinating. Yeah. I I'm like, I can't hear when there's that I have, right. I hear everything. That's mm-hmm. mine's auditory. I hear everything. That's it. So if I hear that, I can't focus. Mm-hmm. So clubhouse has been challenging for me. I've had to do certain things recently to kind of uh, let myself be on the stages and the frequency of all that. I've had to rearrange some things mm-hmm. um, for sure. For sure. That makes sense. Like TV in the background and I can't concentrate. Yeah. Uh, for, for me, it's, it's like if the husband is talking and my child is talking and then the radio is on, I'm done. Like I, yeah. I'm like, I don't even know who to listen to right now. There's yeah. no the brain doesn't no know what to do. Right, yeah. right, right. So Heather, before we leave, I, and this has been so awesome. Thank you for, for sharing your story. There's so much inspiration in it to the entrepreneurs that are listening to this. What are a couple of things you want to say to them with this genius brain of theirs that they have? Here's the thing. When you realize what ADD means necessarily, you take the label off of it and you understand what's going on with the brain. Mm-hmm. You can see that it sees, hears, feels things that are what I call unseen and unheard. You have a magic to yourself, basically. You are magical. You are unique. I believe that we are in a new, and this is esoterically, but I believe we're in a new consciousness right now on a planet. Agreed. And so I feel like the people who are being called to go to that next level, whatever that is, for themselves and their own spirit are creators. And I think that ADD was kind of surface. I think ADD has been around forever, but for some reason it kind of got, it, it got birthed more on the planet, let's just say mm-hmm. in the eighties and nineties and seventies, eighties, nineties. And we had to label for something. Cause that's what we do as a society. We have mm-hmm. to label things so that we feel better. We can ex- understand it, you know? But the reality is, is that I feel that people who have ADD or ADHD, however you want to call it, really have an ability to be a gift and impact to the world. So I'll share and end with this story. Mm -hmm. So there's a a book by Lynn Twist. It's called The Soul of Money. And what Lynn does for a living at the time of the book, she was kind of a, what I call Birkenstock kind of girl. You know what I mean? And more Birkenstocks, just kind of, you know, a little more hippie, but her job in the world was to go out and to ask very wealthy people for money. So she mm-hmm. had all these richy, richy, richy parties. And she talked a lot about how she felt uncomfortable and, and this whole thing of asking for money for a nonprofit. So there's one thing of asking money to like invest into your idea. There's another one's like, we want your money to just go to this random nonprofit, you know? So mm-hmm. She talked about her whole psychology around money. It's a fascinating book. And so her nonprofit she worked for was called The Hunger Project. Now, and this goes back to women specifically. So she asked this question, right? What's the number one underutilized resource on the planet that if they could shift that, they could shift world hunger, Mm. okay? 
So of course, where the mind goes is like food. Now we have enough food. We have enough food for everyone. Okay. It's not that it's not water. It's not, you know, oil and gas. It's women. Hmm. Women are the most underutilized resource on the planet. That if they were taught how to create business called commerce, called entrepreneurship, then they would make money, right? Mm -hmm. And then they, you don't have to tell a woman, hey, you need to feed your kids. You just don't do that. You don't have to do that. No, no, No matter what language you're from, women know how to take care of their kids and take care of their elders because it's just what they do. It's just what they do. Men, not all men, but in third world countries, they noticed that the old construct was women and children and elders would stay home. Men would supposed to go off and supposedly bring back the money, but they wouldn't, or they'd spend it all or all this stuff. And then the women and children were dying. Mm-hmm. Well, they taught women through microloans how to commerce, how to create, how to be entrepreneurs. And then again, you don't have to tell a woman, now feed your children. <laughs> they just do that. Yeah. You know, they just like, oh, we'll feed the children, take care of the elder and the elder take care of the children. Like it all works out, right? With or without the man who goes off and does that. So my point of this is that entrepreneurs are the ones that saw that. Entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and people who saw outside the box and thought, wait a minute, if we really want to solve world hunger, we empower women, the number one underutilized resource on the planet. We teach them the skills of entrepreneurship, right? And then their innate ability kicks in. That's, that's entrepreneurship. Yeah. That's thinking outside the box. That's thinking outside the construct, right? That's the power of entrepreneurship. I think. I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's true. true. This is is amazing. Tell me, I know you have a few things on the go. What's what's on the go for you, especially on entrepreneurship? Because I know you are a powerhouse when it comes to podcasts. And yes, and you give birth to a whole bunch of podcasts. (laughs) And I have listeners who are sitting on their hands and not launching their podcasts. So what's going on for you on that side? Yes, I don't know when this is going to air, but I, I do have upcoming podcast three-day launch launches. And what that does is I birth babies. <laughs> As you've been in my rooms, you're like, I was birthed, you know, but when you launch your voice, you launch your brand. When you launch your voice, you launch your business. So a lot of people say, oh, I want to create a business, but I don't want to understand funnels or all this crazy stuff. And I tell people, look, I launched my entire coaching consulting business in 2015, basically on a podcast. I didn't have really funnels or anything until pretty much recently, you know, I'm like, Oh, I guess I should get like a funnel. The thing is, is that when you launch your podcast, you launch your brand. When you launch your brand, you launch your business, right? So don't become a brand, become a voice. Mm. Um, So that's what I really focus on right now is how can I help more people launch their voice into 2021 and beyond? Because I really believe Kathy, no kidding that this is the year of the voice. Yes. So not kidding. I think it's a decade. Yeah. Here's the thing, Kathy, this is my, you know, again, I'm an early adopter. So here's my vision. I feel like we've been in a mode of social media for 10 years, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. 10 years, a little bit, but we are now in a world of social audio. Mm. Yes. Right. I mean, that's what yeah. clubhouse is. Yeah. We're social audio together, yeah. Yeah. right? We're like hanging out on stage for five hours together and stuff. Like, what are we doing? We're not media. We're like audioing and we're socializing audioing. That's social audio. And so this now is the new face. Mm-hmm. This is the new world. It's social audio. 
And there's so many other apps coming out and things like that. But I think podcasting is a part of that. And if people can understand to relinquish their voice and relinquish their world and relinquish their message, that is truly where the new consciousness comes from. So you're doing that now, but I think there's going to be, there's just more people that need to be out there. And enter Heather Ann to help you be out there. And I, and I love the way she's got a strategy, the way I I listen to her coach others. It's so beautiful. It's so spot on. It's so much of integrity too. So thank you for all the work that you do. You're so like through and through just as real as you are, like just amazing. Honestly, I appreciate you. you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Do you mind if I share the we- website? Is that okay? Absolutely. Yeah. So where can they find, because I will put it in show notes. Go ahead. Yeah. So for the podcast, it's podcastersclass.com. Mm-hmm. Podcastersclass.com. Um, and you'll be redirected to the site with the upcoming dates, you know, like that. But also I have a new book out coming up called Uncage Your Influence. Mm-hmm. And I'm really focused on helping people really unlock their voice and unlock their message and unlock their story. I think everyone, you know, here's the thing, right? Like I told this to a potential client today Mm -hmm. because she wants to get her voice out. And I said, do you know that you have the same opportunity right now of like any star, any Joel Osteen, any Kim Kardashian, we all have the same tools. Yes. Look at that. Like it used to be, we didn't have access to getting on TV. Yeah. We have access to that. Those are the day we have access to being on magazine covers. All that's gone. Everything's what I call flattened. Yeah. And so we all have the same opportunity to get our message out now. And that's the power of podcasting. Yeah. And for, for my ADHD listeners, the beauty of the work that Heather Ann does is we need a thinking partner to do this with. As ADDers, we get so stuck in our head and we try to do it on our own because we know we can do it on our own. But yes, you know how to do it on your own. But the beauty of it is I, I recently worked with a copywriter to rewrite my website. And man, the way she wrote it, I was like, yeah, that's what I was trying to say. But she has the gift of writing. I don't have that. I'm a creator, right? I'm like an idea person. So to be able to partner with somebody like a Heather Ann to do that so that like you got to, you can't do it on your own. It's it, somebody has to reflect it back to you. And what about this voice? What about that voice? So again, yeah. just business is team. Business is a team sport mm-hmm. and business is a spiritual practice. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And, and, the, and, it, and it goes to the fact that you've always surrounded yourself with mentors and being open okay. to it. I've seen you in action where you're getting coached too. I, I have, I know. I'm like, shit. so open to it. Yeah. I'm, I'm right now in a conversation with an, a ne- next level coach. And, you know, I told him, I go, you know, this scares the hell out of me, you know, cause it's just next level. And he's like, exactly. That's the point. But when you're not letting yours, I think the, the gift of entrepreneurs, you know, it's your entrepreneur when they have someone who is taking to the next level. If you find someone who's not, doesn't have that, I don't consider that. I mean, even Oprah has a coach, Tony Robbins mm-hmm. has coaches, you know, if they are someone like, Oh, I don't need that. Like th- no, it's the game of life. You got to create, I, I run this mastermind called quantum thinkers and I call them board of brains. They are my board of brains. Like it's to, to sit together and mastermind ideas. It just makes it a lot more enjoyable. And it quietens that negative bias of that ADHD brain has where it can get into catastrophization and negative thinking. Yeah. Those folks are the ones that are like, snap you out of it. 
and let's move forward. <laughs> right, so. right, 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 right. No, I love that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So thank you awesome, for having me. Thank you so much. Well, folks, there you have it. Another shiny, bright star sharing her journey with us. I am honored and thank you for sharing your story on my show. Until next time, folks, uh, keep on shining.